0: Wonderful show is keeping
1: up with the Joneses, Mrs. Jones. Yes, sir. Is it a true statement that we're the best we've ever looked while recording a podcast?
0: Yes, it is. And why is that? Because we were just at Blake and Elena's wedding.
1: Uh, we were, which we're going to talk about in a second. Looking good takes a lot of work, it does, and you tend to be quite uncomfortable. Uh Yes, I mean, depending on what you're wearing Like, well, I'm wearing shoes I never wear
0: And there is your Spanx, I mean, they're pretty uncomfortable (laughs) Takes me ages to get into those, but it's so worth it I know
1: (laughs) No, but for reals, I tuck in a shirt, I never wear a tucked in shirt Yeah I put a tie on
0: Yeah, I wear heels (sighs) Yeah
1: We're just making sacrifices for everybody I know, know. East Nashville, you are welcome, (laughs) we looked hot tonight (laughs) You know what I don't often get to say? What? feels like we talked about sex a lot this week.
0: Well, yes. I suppose we did speak about sex a lot this week.
1: I was teaching on the school this week about sex. You were. And the full spectrum of sex. It was our sexual healing week.
0: Yes. (laughs) Thank you for
1: clarifying (laughs) what the full spectrum of sex means. Well, sex, sexuality, God's design for sex, sexual sin, sexual demons. Homosexuality. Deliverance. The
0: whole shebang. The
1: whole shebang. It was a lot of fun. I love it. I'm not sure how our students survived.
0: They always do survive, though, don't they?
1: Yeah, it's it's rough going through it, but once we're done with the week, everybody looks much brighter and happier. It's true. Meanwhile, while I was teaching on sex, you got what?
0: Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I was speaking on Sonship.
1: How come you got Sonship and I got sex?
0: Because I'm the one that does the scheduling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I had fun listening to all the students talk about how awesome your Sonship talk was this week.
0: Yeah. I had... Uh, it was all new material. And, you know, of course, we've spoken on Sonship before. Um, but I just did an enormous amount of research last week. And the Lord showed me all this stuff that i just never seen before. So... It was quite funny because a number of the students were like, oh, man, it blew my mind. And I'm thinking, it blew my mind. Like, I spent the week going, oh, that explains so much, God.
1: Those are the best weeks, aren't they? Mm
0: -hmm. They're so fun to do.
1: You know what it feels like to me? It feels like, what are those rollers that you kind of roll on your sweater and get rid of fuzz? A
0: lint roller? A
1: lint roller. That's what sometimes teaching is like for me. Like You have a lint roller, which is a collected body of work. And then you go through the week just praying and asking Holy Spirit and it feels like you pick up revelation on your lint roller. It's a terrible analogy. I'm like, Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I am apparently not the analogy king tonight. No, it's all right. Uh, and happy. You happiness. can't be that
0: good looking and be the analogy king. It wouldn't be fair. No, it would no, be No, you
1: have to have proportional distribution of awe. It's true. And right now it's just my hair, my shirt, my tie. Yeah. I mean I'm wow. Su- I'm surprised I'm even sitting upright.
0: It's quite amazing.
1: I'm going to mess my hair up and see if the, my vocabulary will come back. In other good news. Yes. I have two Nintendo things to report on. The first one is...
0: <laughs> I can hardly wait.
1: <laughs> the first one is, I love to complete games before moving on to new games. And I have, as you listen to the show will already know, I have finished Super Mario 3D World. And by finished, I, I realize that there's different ways of approaching games. There's the way that I approach games, which I thought everybody did, which is if you're going to finish the game, you got to complete every task, pick up every extra, pick up stamps, golden flagpoles, you know, do everything to the nth degree, and then you can call it finished. But then there's people who don't play it properly.
0: Well, or maybe there's just people that play it for fun.
1: Nope. Nope. They're weirdos. (laughs) But anyway, this week I finished New Super Mario Bros. U. And when I say I finished it, I mean, there is no way I could have finished it without the supreme help of our friend Will Law. He is the Luigi to my Mario.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And so uh, me and him sat and played that for hours. Yes. And it was incredibly satisfying to finish. Oh, good. On the other hand, I'm so proud as a father because my daughter, Abigail, has pretty much completed Super Mario 3D World. She has gone through the whole game and collected all of the Star Coins. Collected all of the stamps, all of the golden flagpoles, and done it without invincibility. Amazing. Perhaps
0: and, we should bronze her. <laughs> oh, I just
1: like I'd keep her in carbonite if I could. That was a Hansel reference, baby.
0: That was excellent.
1: Thank you. That was very good. Yeah, I'd keep. You know, I'm so proud. I don't know.
0: See, and I was proud of her for like her amazing report card and for almost running three miles in thirty minutes.
1: That's not real achievement. Oh, <laughs> anybody can do good that. To know. But anyway, really? yeah, seriously, <laughs> just do nothing in class and don't say anything wrong and you'll get a good report card and then just um, keep him one foot in front of another at a slightly faster pace. Big deal. This kid is Nintendo magic. Okay. It's so what awesome. What do you
0: think, podcast people? Should we film Alan running three miles in 30 minutes and just see how easy it is to do? <laughs> Wait, why did this get personal?
1: <laughs> Let's say you play Super Mario 3D World. No. An Apple Store appointment. Yeah. That isn't very interesting, so we'll talk about it. Okay. Slightly more interesting, but not really that much. You ate at a, let me get this straight, a vegan restaurant. I have a, to wonder, what's the point? A
0: raw vegan restaurant. Oh, dear God, it got worse. I was really excited because I was like, oh, good, I'll get some new recipes. There's nothing I ate that I want to reproduce. <laughs> like, it, but what did it you really It just wasn't think? very good. It wasn't good, honestly.
1: And but why would you think it would be? It's a raw vegan Restaurant. That means you what they're basically still... going to offer you is grass or carrots.
0: Yeah, but remember that place that was in the factory? They, theirs was like raw vegan stuff, and they had great food.
1: I did not like that restaurant either.
0: Oh, well, I was disappointed, to say the least. And uh, I never need to go back there. It was a raw vegan restaurant that was in a storage container. Like, just a massive storage container that kind of flipped on its side. The hits
1: just keep coming.
0: I know. It was very strange. But the... Company was amazing. So it was well worth it for that. I just, next time I'll go and drink coffee.
1: Good thinking. This Sunday we had Brother Yun. We did. Some of you will have read his book, The Heavenly Man. If you haven't, I'd really recommend you read it. Brother Yun is from China, got saved very early on. His book is all about being, his book is all about the faithfulness of Jesus amidst incredible persecution. It's a story that's kind of like the modern day Acts. He was telling stories today that I was like, This is kind of like having the Apostle Paul here with us. Like the stories that he was telling were of such enormous magnitude, and he's a very humble man. And there was a second time at Grace Center, but he was exceptional. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to watch the second service that he spoke at Grace Center. It was exceptional. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't read the story, I'll put a link to his book as well. Do you know what I'd like to talk about this week?
0: What would you like to talk about?
1: Well, I was all inspired by Blake and Elena's wedding. Yes. Let me pause there, because not everybody will know Blake and Elena, which is a tragedy for you guys. It is. Blake and Elena, how would you describe them? They're both incredibly good looking.
0: They're very, yes. They're... they're Super creative. Trendy, super creative, fit, lovely, love Jesus.
1: Really in touch with their emotions?
0: Very in touch with their emotions. And their words. They're great at friendship. They're just very intentional, wonderful human beings.
1: Blake is part of the reason that we started podcasting. It's true. He helped us in the whole podcast journey. Mm -hmm. And Elena, we got to know on the school. She came and did our school and we fell in love with her. And she did first year and then she came back on staff Mm -hmm. and staffed our school. And she's currently going through second year. And They're just two delightful people in our community and they got married. And I was really impressed. I was We did their wedding, which was a huge privilege. Always a privilege to be asked to do people's weddings. And so we were going through their wedding, and so they sent us their vows, and actually reading their vows caused me to step back, because I was like, how do you have this much wisdom this young?
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: And so the premise of what I want to talk about is future-proofing your marriage. Now, I realize not everybody listening to this is married, so hopefully this is... Well, it's called future-proofing your marriage. So store so, it up now. If for marriage the is in
0: your future, then it should work for you. <laughs> and if it's not, send
1: it to some friends of yours. There you go. Who are married and encourage them. Here's the premise I was thinking of: when preparing to get married, nobody's simultaneously preparing to get divorced. Yep. Now, that sounds blindingly obvious. But like divorce shouldn't exist, and yet the divorce rate in and out of the church is 50%. Yeah,
0: I mean, it seems like very much divorce is still on the table for Christians.
1: Which is bizarre to me, because if you weren't planning on getting divorced, and you spent all this time planning on getting married, what changed? At, at some point, people stop preparing to stay married and start preparing to get divorced.
0: Yeah, or they give up.
1: Yeah, so I was mm-hmm. thinking about this, and when I was thinking about Blake and Elena's vows, because often when we're doing like marriage prep, we're encouraging people like, hey, these are the things to look for, blah, 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 blah. But their vows were just action-packed with wisdom. And I thought it would be fun to, and asked their permission. I said, hey, could we read some of your vows out on air? And they were like, yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So I've got their permission and okay. I wanted to share with you some of their vows and see if we can pull out some teaching notes on this. Mm-hmm. All right, here's Blake's opening line. So he says, Elena, I choose you today. Danny Silk says this great thing. He says, most people spend more time planning their wedding than they do planning their marriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's easy on a wedding say, to say, I choose you. It's much harder in your marriage to say, I choose you every day. And yet right there, his first line, he says, Elena, I choose you today, and I vow to choose you every day for the rest of my life. Dear Lord, if we would just practice choosing one another each day, the divorce rate would drop. Sounds an oversimplification, I know, but somewhere along the lines, we stop choosing one another.
0: Yeah. And I mean, obviously when you choose someone, then you put your will behind it. And you're more willing to extend grace. You're more willing to, you know, navigate whatever the day brings and be thankful for that person rather than feel like you're a victim of that person.
1: It's brilliant. He says this, I will prioritize receiving the Father's love continually. That my heart would be filled and overflow to you and our family.:
0: <gasps> Perfect.
1: It's amazing. Yes. he's purposing to be a receptacle of God's love so that he has enough to give away. Yes. Oh Jack Frost used to say most marriages are like two ticks and no dog. <laughs> I'm going to try and get all my needs met out of you while simultaneously you're trying to suck all your significance out of me. right You need a source, and it has to be the father's love. Yes I just I was like, Blake, this is amazing. Um, I vow to pursue with all that I have connection with you will always trump logistics
0: well what do you what do you mean by connectedness
1: so connectedness is making and creating and maintaining a heart to heart connection. So what I mean by that is me actually honoring you you start speaking to me, me actually giving you eye contact, me meeting you where you're at. Me valuing the things that you value. Me creating an environment where you feel cherished and loved and adored. You creating an environment for me where I feel loved, welcomed, valued, and honored. Mm -hmm. It's just basically maintaining and prioritizing that intimate heart-to-heart connection. And a lot of people just, I think they think that that should work automatically, but the truth is it's sometimes hard work. Yeah. Because God made the opposite sex with completely different motivations. Very true. And completely different interests. So the things that you're naturally interested in, I just don't care about. Like, I really don't care about. And vice versa. But if I just maintain I don't care about it, then our marriage or our connection in our marriage is going to deteriorate really rapidly. Right. Like, if I'm only interested in the things that I'm interested in, then I should have married myself.
0: (laughs) Right. Which is tricky to do. Well. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: (laughs) So for example you come in and tell me about something that's significant to you it might not be significant to me but because it is to you I make it to me.
0: Right. Just to so stay connected.
1: Yeah and that could be anything from hey babe you know you would not believe that Williams and Sonoma has the sale and there's these new frying what? pans and I really love they do? them. <laughs> and so I'm going to be engaged. I'm not going to look at my cell phone I'm going to it's important to you so it's going to be important to me. Just sometimes right. it's as simple as that. Yeah. And like you're really good at I um, we joke on air about Nintendo, for example, but you're very, very good at realizing, oh, you playing video games once or twice a week actually nourishes you. I'm going to give you space to do that. Mm -hmm. I understand that you need time to potter, and you might not even be doing anything in those hours, but I'll watch the kids so you can go out with Shannon, for example, and go buy a new top, or potter around, or just kind of browse TJ Maxx, or whatever it is you want to do that just de-stresses you. Mm -hmm. Creating space for one another fosters connectedness. Yes, Ridiculing other people's interests. Basically, reduces that connection to tons of static. And then, basically, instead of maintaining the connection, you're kind of disinterested in the connection. Yeah. And that's when, you know, marriages are in real danger. How about this line? Somebody taught this boy something. He said, I will listen to you for the sake of just knowing you before I try to fix any problems. <laughs> Talk about that dynamic, AJ.
0: That's perfect. Well, you know, guys like to fix things. They think that, I mean, I think men are wired to want to fix things, but there's the whole thing of sometimes as a woman, I don't want you to fix it. I want you to just hear me, meet me where I'm at, you know, be able to recognize, oh yeah, I could see where that's hard without having to fix me.
1: Which to begin with in our marriage, of like, what's the point of that? Like we could just, <laughs> you could tell me this conversation faster, I could have a fix and we never need to talk about this again. Yes. And now I don't think that. No. Now I understand you just, you literally need me to connect with you.
0: Yeah. Well, you learned something really early on. Uh, I think when we were engaged, actually, that whole thing about, you know, do you want me to listen like a man or listen like a woman? Right. So if I was upset about something, and I don't think I'm a particularly emotional person, but every once in a while I get upset about something, you know, you would say, all right, well, do you want me to listen like a man or do you want me to listen like a woman? And depending on the thing, sometimes I wanted you to listen like a woman and say, yeah, that was, that's really hard. I'm really sorry about that. And, and sometimes I'd be like, no, listen like a man. Okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'd be like, listen like a woman first. And then afterwards (laughs) you can listen like a man. (laughs) So
1: sometimes just doing reflective listening is the key. I did that with Tia the other day. Tia is our six year old and, we had a not very good situation where I did not handle it brilliantly. She burst into tears. And you know, in my effort to restore that, I just cuddled her and just said, can you tell me how your heart feels? And whatever she said, I just repeated back to her. Mm -hmm. I didn't try and qualify. I didn't try and say it was silly. I didn't try and fix it. I just said, I just repeated exactly what she said. And I must have done that for five minutes. And at the end of that, I said, how does your heart feel now? And she said, i feel less sad and i feel like i have a little more joy and i said well what would bring it what would bring you more joy and she said if you sang to me so i made up a song about how daddy was a poopy poop head
0: mm-hmm. and, <laughs> it's gonna be a hit a Smash the, it.
1: the sadness went and joy re- returned but yeah sometimes sometimes women especially just speak to be heard mm-hmm. and that's foreign for a man how about this line i will let god continue to heal my heart to drive out fear and cast off shame,
0: so good.
1: Basically, he's placing a high value on inner healing.
0: But mm-hmm. well, I think I honestly don't know how anybody makes it through marriage without inner healing. Like, if you have no grid for inner healing, and you have no way of, uh, or you have no knowledge of those kind of tools to help you deal with things,
1: I'm not surprised his divorce rate is as high as it is. Right. I don't know what I don't know how you'd handle pain without Jesus. No. I don't know how you'd handle the other dysfunctions of the other person. Forget the other person. I don't know how you'd maintain or handle the dysfunction or the shame just inside of yourself. Right. Which is probably why people run to drugs and alcohol and addiction and pornography and, you know, to mask that pain.
0: But if you don't understand, if you're married and you don't understand that you you often have significant issues that are... Feeding one another and all that kind of stuff, and how to dismantle it and get free of that stuff, so it's not robbing your marriage of life. Even with Jesus, if you don't have the tools, it it can be really grim.
1: Totally. Yeah. And and you can fall into hopelessness real real quick. Yes. But you need you need you constantly need the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. It's great to remind yourself when things are hard in marriage that marriage is God's idea.
0: Yeah. And then he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to help you through what you're going through.
1: Yeah, and but also
0: get help, like oh, absolutely, you know, get help from other people who are further down the road, who maybe do have a grid for inner healing and or a passion for you know seeing marriages healed or whatever, and get them to help you. Get the absolutely. tools. Absolutely,
1: take the light off the dark parts of your marriage. Like just let somebody else into that hula hoop for a second. And say, okay, if we're honest, this is what we're struggling with. We don't want to tell anybody about it because, you know, we've got this reputation or I don't want to uncover myself or my spouse or, you know, whatever. But actually, sin grows in darkness. Yeah. Darkness is a breeding ground for sin. Yeah. Expose it, bring it into the light, get some help from really trusted, wise people. And, oh my gosh, your marriage will be all the better for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved Elena's vows as well. One of the things that stood out to me at the very beginning, it says, I will approach you with compassion, compassion kindness, acceptance, and patience. I will be an active participant in God's plans for your life. I will believe in you, encourage you, and believe with you for the promises God has made to you. I I just love that, like even just from the very beginning. It's a team sport, and they're right. setting themselves up to be each other's cheerleaders and, you know, be in this as a team together.
1: I love that. One of them said, I'll... I'll honor you for who you are without stumbling over who you're not, which I thought was a really precious line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we do that way too often, don't we? Like in marriage, it's so easy to stumble over who your spouse isn't as opposed to being able to be thankful for who they are and the stuff that is going really well.
1: And sometimes in our distress, we stumble over what they're not, what we want them to be, which is entirely unfair. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was my job to live up to your crazy expectations of me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> I just heard that from somebody else. It was somebody else. Yeah.
0: It's definitely somebody else. I liked as well, a little further on in her vow, she says, Um, I commit myself to experience God's abundance, his joy, and his peace. I commit myself to partnering with you as we partner with God to see his promises over us come into fruition. So good. Yeah. I mean, I love the wording of that, but I mean, you do have to commit yourself to partnering with His joy and His peace. You do have to— Oh, totally. You know, you, marriage is as much about being committed to God in the midst of it as it is to the other person. You're making a promise in front of God, and God is part of your marriage. So right. it's, it's a commitment and a belief that God can do what He said He would do, and that He can support you through this thing, and that the three of you are in it together.
1: Oh, well, I just love that line. I commit myself to experience God's abundance. It is interesting to note that the people who are experiencing blessing and abundance from God have pursued blessing and abundance from God. Mm -hmm. Like, I often talk to people and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are crazy blessed. Like, that never happens to me. And I'm like, do you expect it to happen to you? And they're like, oh, I get, I, no, I guess I don't. And so somehow I think. Somewhere along the line, we've thought that God's blessing is like the lottery. Some people are favored and some people are not. And that's just not the truth. Right. But part of it is aligning yourself to believe about God, what he says about himself. Mm -hmm. And so I love that right at the outset, they're just saying, hey, in our marriage, we're actually going to commit to experience God's abundance. Yeah. Bill Johnson puts it this way. He said, it's responsible Christian living to pursue the blessing of God in every area of your life. Right. Just don't be passive when it comes to God's blessing. No, I love that. Be intentional. Yeah. Anything else you want to comment on their vows?
0: No. I mean, I, I just thought they were beautiful. Just really beautiful. And they really, uh, they obviously really thought through what they were committing to.
1: Oh, and such powerful communication as yeah. well. Absolutely yeah, intent. No victim, no, no passivity just totally full of intention and power and uh, I just that's one of the reasons we love those guys so much they're they're super like that. Yeah, so good. You know, in addition to that, and if we're going to be talking about future proofing our marriage, you know, the whole issue of connectedness is super important. We'd highly recommend Danny Silk's book Keep Your Love On. Excellent book. And one of the greatest things you can do is learn your spouse's life language and love language. And in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about life languages, love languages. You've probably already heard about Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. If that's new to you, please do yourself and your spouse a favor. Read that, grab a copy for them. And then also, don't be surprised if in marriage you're dying. Part of the process of marriage is killing off the stuff about you that, doesn't need to be hanging on anyway. Yeah, And some people confuse that with like, oh gosh, my marriage is really hard. And you're like, is it hard because God's trying to kill something that you keep trying to resurrect? Right. And if it is, just die faster and Mm. it will produce (laughs) much better results. (laughs) This week we're very excited. We have Dr. Brian Simmons, the author and translator of the Passion Translation of the Bible, joining us this weekend for our Heaven Declares conference, along with Pastor Sapreza all the way from South Africa. These two men have fast become dear friends of ours at Grayson, and we're very excited to have them for a whole conference this weekend. If you'd like to join us online, go to heavendeclares.info to find out information about that, or just wait till next week when we'll give you a recap of the conference. But we're super excited about that. I mentioned earlier that I was talking on sex this week. If you would like to hear what I said... Go to slash sex, where you can download our comprehensive teaching on sex and sexuality. And if you want show notes for this week's episode, go to slash 74. You guys are amazing. Have an incredible week filled with joy, filled with life, and maybe the best week ever.
0: Amen. Faith, life, life. communication, tacos, and video games. Paleo Donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and A.J.